Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship. Because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints 
Therefore, also in Christ, I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do. Yet I appeal to you on the basis of love. I then, as Paul, an old man, and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my son, Adamus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. I am sending him, who is my very heart, back to you. I would have liked to keep him with me, so that he could take your place in helping me well. I am in chains for the gospel, but I did not want to do anything without your consent, so that any favor you will be, you will be spontaneous and not forced. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a while was that you might have him back for good, no longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dear to you, both as a man, as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing with this with my own hand. I will pay it back, not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you and the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ, confident of your obedience. I write to you, knowing that you will even you will do even more than I ask. This is the word of the Lord. Please rise. Gospel according to St. Luke, the 14th chapter. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? For if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying, this fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or suppose a king is, not, is about to go to war against another king. Will he not first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he's not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, any of you who does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown out. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. We can you see you hymn number 706, Love in Christ is Strong and Living. 
May God's grace, mercy, and peace be yours this day in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for the message is the book of Philemon. Let's pray. Gracious God, give us your love and grace in Jesus and in your word. Help us to rejoice in that great gift. And as we gather, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts together be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our maker and our redeemer. Amen. In the first reading today, we heard from St. Paul. He writes, perhaps the reason he, Onesimus, was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back for good, no longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. It's our text. Many of us have, or at least have had one, right? Uh, maybe you left it behind, you packed up uh, and moved out of your parents' house, or maybe you still have it. Maybe it's tucked away in a bedroom closet somewhere or collecting dust underneath the bed. Uh, what I'm talking about is that old shoebox, right? Or something close to it. Uh, it's not just an ordinary shoebox, though, is it? You lift off the lid and of that box and you discover something precious. There's a, a treasure there of neatly folded, handwritten notes. You remember those, don't you? Yeah. Uh, some people refer to them as love letters. Show of hands, how many of you have, had, have, have saved some of those love letters or notes? Yeah, some of you, okay, yeah. Uh, whether they're written by your first love or maybe by your current love, those notes, those letters are really special to us, aren't they? Uh, they contain private feelings, private emotions, that, and because those letters are so deeply personal, a lot of people try to keep them hidden away where no one else will find them. The text for the message today comes in the form of a letter. Uh, correctly understood, we might even call it a love letter. Uh, the Apostle Paul wrote it, or at least a portion of it with, with his own hand, and Paul addressed it to Philemon, uh, a very dearly loved uh, uh, co-worker and Christian friend. But Paul didn't want Philemon to keep this letter to himself. He wanted him to share it with his family. He wanted him to share it with a church that met in his home. You heard that at the very beginning there. And because these inspired words are still read in churches 2,000 years later, it can be no doubt that this really is a love letter that changes lives. You know, the love of Jesus is a love that unites you and me together. In order to appreciate the letter, it's important for us to understand the situation at the time that it was written. Paul wrote this letter while he was in prison, while he was in jail. He was optimistic about the outcome of his trial, but he also knew that freedom was not guaranteed. As I mentioned, the, the recipient of the letter is a man by the name of Philemon. We know that he's a leader of a Christian congregation in Colossae. At the beginning of the letter, Paul calls him a, a dear friend and fellow worker. He had become a Christian through the preaching of the apostle. Perhaps he had worked for the better part of uh, two years, uh, uh, or when, when he had worked for the better part of two years in nearby Ephesus. We read about that a little bit in Acts 19. Now, we don't necessarily like it in 2022, but the fact that Philemon owned some slaves indicates he was a man of some means. I mean, it was the desertion of one slave in particular that prompted Paul to write Philemon this letter, the master of this slave, a letter. Paul writes, 
I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Now, I mean, notice what Paul says. I mean, what does he call Onesimus? He, he doesn't report, hey, Philemon, I found your runaway slave, right? He says, Philemon, I have Onesimus, my son. He explains Onesimus became his son, if you will, while Paul was in chains. It's possible Onesimus uh, maybe had first seen Paul while he was in Philemon's house. Uh, uh, maybe he remembers how Philemon uh, spoke so highly of this man of God, or, or maybe it was just pure coincidence that, that with all the uh, hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people in Rome, this runaway slave runs into Paul. We're not told how it happened, but we rejoice that it did happen, right? The Lord introduced Paul to Onesimus, and Paul introduced Onesimus to the Lord. And that was the start of not just one, but two beautiful friendships. Through Paul, Onesimus had come to know that Jesus was his Lord and Savior. And when Paul announced to this runaway slave that uh, through Jesus that he was free, free from sin, free from guilt, free from death, Onesimus gave thanks to God by giving himself fully to the work of the Lord. Paul writes to Philemon saying, uh, it's a sort of a play on his name. Onesimus uh, means useful one. Uh, and and Paul, or Paul writes to Philemon, formerly he was useless to you, but now he has become both useful to me and to you. Paul and Onesimus had a lot more in common than the fact that they were trouble and in trouble with the law. They both shared a common faith. They both shared a common joy. They both shared a common hope. And it didn't take too long for Paul's son in the faith to become a trusted helper. Now, Onesimus had a lot for which to be thankful, but Onesimus still had a problem. When he left his master's household, he was not a Christian. And from the moment he left his master's household, he was a fugitive. And the law demanded a runaway slave should be returned. The law also allowed runaway slaves to be beaten and sometimes he'd be killed. I mean, Onesimus knew that, Paul knew that, but these two were still hopeful because Philemon was a brother in Christ, a brother in the faith. And Paul wrote to Philemon with the hope that this reunion of master and slave would be a happy one. He said, I'm sending him who is my very heart back to you. I would have liked to keep him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I'm in chains for the gospel, Paul writes. But I did not want to do anything without your consent so that any favor you do will be spontaneous and not forced. You know, in all reality, Paul could have exercised apostolic authority and ordered Philemon to release Onesimus, but he didn't. He could have applied just enough pressure to uh, make Philemon do what he wanted him to do, but he didn't. He didn't want to do those things. He went to Philemon to do the right thing for the right reason. And so demand, instead of demanding a certain course of action, Paul suggests that all this might be a part of God's plan. In verses 15, 16, he writes, perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back for good, no longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. 
Paul wanted Philemon to see that his temporary loss was Onesimus's eternal gain. And even though these were separated by hundreds of miles, they were closer than they had ever been before because of the love of Jesus Christ that had united them as brothers in the Lord. Even though the outcome was uncertain, the tone of Paul's letter is really overwhelmingly optimistic. He didn't try to overpower Philemon because he believed that the love of Jesus Christ would prevail in the end. And if the preservation of this letter is any indication, we have good reason to believe that it did. But I wonder how Paul would approach the topic of Christian unity today. If he sat down to write a letter about our relationships with one another, how would it sound? I mean, would he praise uh, Christian husbands and wives for loving and honoring each other, or would he criticize them for fighting all the time, or maybe worse, hardly communicating at all? Would he commend Christian students for uh, always treating their classmates with respect, or would he condemn them for being so cruel? Would he find countless examples of Christians letting their light shine, or, or would he find fault with us because there are so many times that we keep that light to ourselves? Where the love of Jesus shines brightly, the love of Christians will show, shine through. Where the love of Jesus is lost, the, the love of Christians grows cold. And there are days that, I mean, if we're honest, right, we're lukewarm at best. Days when we take maybe our salvation for granted, or days when we take advantage of others, or days when we fail to appreciate what God has done for us and where we would be without him. Without Jesus, we would be lost. Without Jesus, we would be slaves to sin. And we do not have the power to escape that kind of slavery on our own. Escaping our slavery to sin can only be accomplished by the one who was without sin. Jesus sacrificed himself to set you free, dying on the cross to rescue you from eternal death. Not because you're a little better than other people, or not because you're a little worse than other people, or less worse than other people, but Jesus paid the price that we could never pay. He died the death that, that we deserved, calling us his own in the waters of holy baptism. He and nourishes us with himself at his holy table when we gather here. Jesus saved you and me because he loves us. It is his love that unites us as one. And it's that same love of Jesus Christ that now motivates us, right? I mean, there's no doubt in Paul's mind that, that Philemon was motivated to serve. Listen what he says about him in the opening verses of the letter. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. Philemon, this model of Christian faith and love, eager to serve God and God's people. And when Paul saw Philemon's faith in action, it gave him great joy. He said, you know, the only thing that would give me greater joy, my dear brother, would be if your desire to serve was matched with a willingness to forgive. He writes, if you, give me, if you consider me a partner, welcome him, Onesimus, as you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back, not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do wish, brother, that I might have some benefit from you and the Lord 
Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I ask. How can Paul be so confident? How in the world can Paul be so bold? Why was Paul so certain that Philemon would do even more than he had asked? I mean, it was not because Paul could see into the future. It was not that, that, that Philemon, because Philemon owned Paul, but he did. Paul reminded him of that. Paul's confidence in Philemon was based on his confidence in the gospel. The one who called the gospel in Romans the power of God had seen how firsthand the pow how powerful the gospel, the good news really is. He saw it in Philemon's life. He saw it in Onesimus' life. He saw God's word change hearts. He saw God's word change lives. He was confident that the same gospel would motivate Philemon. He was focused, uh, not really focused on what made them different, that they were uh, master and slave. Paul was focused on what made them similar. They were brothers in Christ, right? When Philemon stopped to think about how much God had done for him when he began to appreciate the, the Lord had orchestrated all these events, all these events to bring Onesimus to faith. The question in Philemon's mind began to change, doesn't it? It changed from how can I possibly forgive a runaway slave to how can I not forgive my Christian brother? Because of the gospel, relationships change, don't they? I want you to remember this letter. The next time your son or daughter disobeys you, or the next time your friend, your Christian friend disappoints you, or the next time you're tempted to take out revenge and hold a grudge, remember how much Jesus loves you. Remember how much Jesus has done for you. Remember that every time someone does you wrong, God is giving you an opportunity to forgive, just as in Christ, God forgave you. You know, I did a quick search this week uh, on love letters, uh, interesting of things. Uh, I found a website that actually allows you to download uh, love letters. There you go. Uh, in a long distance relationship, uh, or you, wanna, you need to say you're sorry, or uh, you, know, you know what you wanna say, but you can't find the right words, there you go. If you click to the mouse, you can download the, the template and find exactly what you need. But is that the truth? Really? I mean, as we think about it, that sort of contradicts the reason why people write, send, and save love letters in the first place, right? They're supposed to be personal. They're meant to be special. A love letter should be meaningful to the person who writes it and meaningful to the person who receives it and reads it. I mean, if we use this criteria, we have to say Paul's letter to Philemon definitely qualifies. But this is no ordinary letter. This is no ordinary love letter because the love of Jesus Christ is no ordinary love, is it? It is a love letter that changes lives. In fact, all of scripture is a love letter from God that changes lives. The love of Jesus Christ unites you and me as brothers and sisters in Christ and it motivates us not only to serve one another in love but also to forgive one another in love. This is a love letter that has changed our lives and a love letter that God uses in us to change the lives of other people. So let's go forth today in the love and the forgiveness of Jesus 
Amen. Please stand. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Dear friends, let us confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed we confess together. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen.
Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening.